Welcome to the next Teacherpreneurs Tell All episode. Today is going to be a really fun one. We're going to have a coffee chat and I'm going to play a game with Amanda. We're going to be talking about, I found this post called uh, 47 sentences that will make you more money than a four-year business degree. They all have to do with being an entrepreneur and selling things. And I thought it would be fun to play a little game with Amanda just to see what her thoughts are on some of these 47 big money-making ideas. I can't wait. Welcome to the Wacky Teacherpreneurs Podcast. Your hosts, Jess and Amanda, have been friends and teacherpreneurs for years. Along with their successes, they've had lots of failures, foibles, and fumbles. And now, they're here to share it all with you. Stay tuned for some funny times and awesome business insights. Let's go behind the scenes of their teacher businesses now. Raw. Unfiltered. Real. Let's get started. All right. Now we're back to the episode. That was fun, wasn't it? That song. I just love it. (laughs) So Amanda, I wanted to play a game with you today. And um, before we start the game, I wanted to shout out our backgrounds. Now I am in a starship, but I don't know what nerdy science fiction a show this starship is from. I just was feeling kind of like a starship today. It seemed appropriate for today. And Amanda, where are you at right now? I can't tell. It looks like you're in Star Trek. Star Trek. Um, sure. Yeah, spaceship. I think like I'm. I'm near the ocean. I mean, this looks like Big Sur. Honestly, like it kind of looks like Big Sur, but maybe it's where your starship crashed. How about that? It could be. And I'm the alien that's going to invade your starship. All right. Wait. Okay. So how are we going to play this game? Okay. So I have these 47 ideas and they're, they're supposed to be things that have been plucked from the minds of billionaires, right? So I have 47 ideas that could make us a lot of money. And that's what this show's about. So I thought you would just pick a number between one and 47. And then we could talk about the idea. Some of them have swear words. So we might need an explicit warning on this episode. I'm just letting you know. Okay, so I know the first number. And so once I pick a number, then you're going to read it to me. And then what do I do? How do I win the game? Well, I mean, you win the game by either convincing me that it's a great idea or not. <laughs> okay. So I have to convince you if it's a great idea or not. You can just tell me your thoughts. They're just talking points. Okay. Uh, Are you ready? So what's your first number? One to 47. I know my number. I turned 40 this year, so I pick 40. 40, 40 is a big number. You're going to make me... You're going to make me flip through a lot of numbers. Okay. Wait, can you wait before you do 40. it though? Where did you find this list? Oh, it just randomly popped up on my Instagram. I don't know. It's called the Billionaire Unions account. Billionaire Unions. It just, I don't know. Sometimes I, I've been getting a lot of 
like library accounts lately and they're sort of like content curation accounts where sometimes they read like 50 books and then they tell you okay we just read 50 books and here are our takeaways from these 50 books and so I get them for business since I like business stuff I get them for the library they're like these these super condensed information accounts and that's sort of what the Instagram algorithm has been pushing my way lately so when I saw this one about making more money I was like hey hey we should give it a go okay so 40. Are, you, are you ready for the very first like you want number 40 so number 40 I think this one's actually really good and this is something that comes up with teachers pay teachers sellers a lot um number 40 if what you sell is confusing nobody will buy it I agree I I totally agree and uh Donald Miller business made simple. He's all about this. Like that's what his whole business is about is like getting your messaging and your branding, like just having like the really, really clear, like who you are and the problem you solve and how your product solves a problem. And like, yeah, I mean, I feel like this, that's really obvious. But- well, this is what I found is I meet a lot of very creative people in the teachers pay teachers world. A lot of TPT sellers are just really creative. And I think sometimes like their minds go beyond like a simple message, if that makes sense. So sometimes they create these products and they're really cool, but complicated, a lot of steps. And I mean, maybe they look good in a picture or, you know, they think, you know, they're really good at designing them. But when you look at the cover, you're sort of like, what does, what is that, right? Like, it's not very, maybe they use language that teachers aren't searching for. But this is, and I've I've noticed, and I've had some friends complain like, oh, I spent 80 hours making this product and it's so good and nobody buys it. And I was thinking, sometimes I do think maybe people get a little, because they put so much of their heart and soul into these creative adventures that maybe they lose the clear and easy message that it should have going with it. Does that make sense? I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And and like you have pointed this out in my store too. Um, and that's why TPT audits are so awesome because you're getting an outsider's perspective and, or even just having a fellow teacher, pay teacher friend. Yeah. Cause I've seen, I mean, I love supporting my friends and I'll buy their things if I need them, you know? And, um, there's been times when I've bought something and I'm like, I don't know how to use this. I don't understand what yeah, like what it is and how to use it. And often I think it's just because they're too wordy. Like there's just too much text. Um, and I say that with my products being too wordy, but I made my products like really clear font, double spaced. Um, and the margins are really like wide. So I don't know. I think that is really important in your products, especially like if you're explaining how to use it and everything. Um and and also like zip files, I think are really important with different files inside the zip files. Like I always have a zip file and a file that says start here. Um, and then, you know, that's where the teacher's guide is and like the link to all the editable stuff. And I don't know. Anyways, do we want to go to the next one or do you have anything else to say about this one? I think that's good for now. 
Uh, do you want to pick another number? I mean, these are kind of fun once you start digging into them. Yeah. This so it was a little boring, but I was like, you know what? It does apply. But anyway, pick another one. Well, one to is it in order of like best to worst? No, nope, they're totally matter. random. They're very random. Yeah. Okay. I'll pick. I'm, I don't know why I'm on like birthdays, but I'll pick eight because Aria, eight. my daughter is eight. <laughs> oh, great. I love that. Let's see. Eight Number eight is going to flip back to eight. Oh, so this is interesting. I think you're going to have a lot to say about this. And I don't, I don't know if I even understand this one. Are you ready? Copywriting is 80% research and 20% writing. You don't understand that one? No. I totally well, agree with this. Well, I mean, like what, like copywriting, is that like when you're writing a blog post or something? Like, I mean, what are they, how does that relate to, uh, a teacher seller like copywriting you is your sales i mean that's like your like where your product lives your sales pages yeah your blog posts your um your email marketing anything you write that's like of service to your customers is copywriting and i think a lot of times they're like that when we write an email to a customer or we write a blog post, we're thinking about ourselves and we're not thinking about our customer. And so I think that's like what this is saying. Like we really got to know our customer and you've said that a lot. Like you need to know like all sorts of details about, I think in a previous um, episode, I was like, do we really need to know what their favorite coffee is? You know, but because of this that you just read, yeah, I mean, because you can mention it in your sales in your page or your email. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, do you want to pick another one? I thought we could do at least five. Okay. What why don't we pick number one? I want I want to hear number one. Um, well, I don't know what you're gonna think about this one. People buy with emotion, then justify with logic. This one I disagree with. I think some people buy for emotion, but other people buy using their logic. And I think also some people buy at the last minute, like the FOMO thing. I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons that people buy. Um, like for me, I I think I use, mo if I buy something like right away, then it's emotion. But if I think about it, like I'll think about it for a week or two weeks, then I think it's more logical. So I don't, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't think about when I buy things very often. I don't really think about what I'm feeling at the time that I buy it. Right. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think it might be split a little bit. I, I was thinking of sales pages and you know how they're always saying like people are more willing to buy something if they see a transformation, mm -hmm. they've seen a transformation and then they see the transformation and they, I think transformations cause us to have an emotion. So I think that's where I was coming um, from it when I read like emotion, then logic, like you should put your emotion face forward in your sales pages um, and kind of lead with that. But I do think in the teacher world, teachers are kind of different because 
we do have to think a little differently. We do have to lead with logic because if we were always leading with emotions, we would be a mess, don't you think? Like in the classroom dealing with, you know, 20, 30, 40 people at a time all coming at us. I mean, we have to learn to keep our emotions stifled a little bit um, because if you let them out constantly, it would, I mean, if I did, it would be a little chaotic. Like, I mean, sometimes obviously you share your emotions, right? But because you're putting out so many fires throughout the day, I don't know if teachers are buying with emotion all the time. Maybe they are because they're feeling a certain way during the day and then they need something. So then they buy it, right? Yeah, like the frantic. Feeling, well, yeah, and that's the teacher. Frantic, teachers. unprepared. Yeah. Like, they, I, I feel like every time I bought something on Teachers Pay Teachers, it was one of those instant. I need this now. Give it to me now. I didn't think about it. I just, it's like a, what are those called? Like when you just, yeah, it's a, an emotional buy, like, because I'm stressed out and overwhelmed and I need something that's going to help me right in this moment. Um, so maybe in like the copyright, we should be focusing more on the emotions that people are feeling rather than just the logical, like, this is why you need this, blah, 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 you know. Or like, like what's in emotion. the product. Yeah. Like yeah. I think a lot of like product descriptions are like, this is what's in it. But, and I, I've made that mistake many times before in like webinars and like sales pages, really focusing a lot on the product and like describing the product. But I think what this is saying is you need to describe how this product will help your customer um solve feel better yeah feel better or, or solve a big problem yeah and that does get left out a lot I think teacherpreneurs leave that out that's a good one okay so that was number one um let's see let's do are we going to do a few more why don't yeah your your favorite one can you just tell me well I don't remember all of them no but I I can I can flip through and try to look at them I mean there's 47 on a big long list mm -hmm. Um, let's see. I wonder if we could share this in the show notes, you think? Um, I guess we could post a link. I mean, it's just a random account. You That's know? okay. And I, I like don't even supporting random accounts. Yeah. I don't even know if it's a big account, little account. I mean, Instagram just pushed it out to me. Um, let's see. Uh, your sales pitch. This is something I don't really understand anything about. Um, and I'm reading some marketing books about it right now, but it's called the sales pitch. And I'm assuming it's when you have products that are worth a lot of money, because why would you make a sales pitch for like a $3 TPT product? Right. But it's something I am learning about and I'm downloading books on, but this says your sales pitch should never be over two minutes long. Hmm. Yeah. So I was thinking about like longer, like bigger offers, like you're offering consulting, you're offering a course, maybe, maybe they're referring to, and of course we're digital marketers since we're online. So maybe they're referring to like, if you make a little video about your product, like you shouldn't, you shouldn't be trying to sell it for longer than two minutes. Does that make, does that, uh, have you ever thought about that? Like, have you ever thought of any of your big products as when you're talking about them, like you're doing a sales pitch when you're talking about them? Yeah. And the webinars I do, like half of it is the content that I promised. And the other half is talking about my program. 
And so my sales pitch is like half the webinar. Um, so I disagree with this. I mean, and and I think if you, I think people would be really annoyed if what you're selling didn't connect with the topic of the webinar. So it's really like really important. Like for example, one of my webinars that I did recently was how to help students um, develop independence when it comes to reading and writing and, and being able to like work through their problems independently. Um, and so I talked, I gave like a bunch of information about helping students like differentiating and like pinpointing which students really struggle with independence and which students are fine. And anyways, this is the content of my webinar. And I gave a lot of really good information. And then, and then I talked about how my year long curriculum is designed for teachers to be able to edit it to meet all of those different groups of students needs because there always is like a handful of students usually that can't work independently very well and so I have like tools that can help with that right and so the product connects with the topic so it I don't know so I don't agree with this one I'm sorry mm -hmm. Well, I think I don't know enough about sales pitches to fully understand it. Um, so, and that's why I, I am uh, downloaded a couple books about sales pitches and stuff. Well, so have you ever, has, have you ever had a door to door salesperson come to your, I mean, their sales pitch lasts longer than two minutes. Like I bought a vacuum, a Kirby vacuum from a door to door salesperson. We got sued for a Kirby vacuum. I remember a while ago. Yeah, because my husband bought a Kirby vacuum before we uh, met with his ex wife, and then she sued him to pay for the vacuum. Like she wanted to keep it, but wanted him to pay for it. And we went to court. It was very embarrassing and weird. Who? Who buys these vacuums for four or five thousand dollars? Like, I don't think we paid that much. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you did, but my husband did. I don't want to retell the vacuum story; it just gets me upset. Pick a new number. Okay, okay. Um, let's go with um, I don't know, forty-seven. The last one, forty-seven. Okay. Minute? Oh, interesting. Uh, if you give value with zero expectations, you'll get 10 times the return in the long term. Oh, this is a great one to end on because I feel like that's what we're doing with this podcast. You know, like we're really, our hearts are in it and we really enjoy talking about these things and sharing and helping other teacherpreneurs on the journey. So we haven't really gotten anything in return except fun with each other. True. Um, what, what, I, I totally agree with this one. I think. And also like I have staying home and trying to like grow my business and take care of my daughter at the same time has been too much. And so I am stepping like kind of away from that framework, I guess. And more into the mindset of my business is a hobby, even though like, I, of course, I want to quit my teaching job and do my business full time someday. Um, I but like, having the pressure to, to make that happen is very stressful and uncomfortable for me. And so I'm moving away from that and more towards like, 
I just love this and I'm doing it to help others and to share my ideas rather than just to make money. Do you know what I mean? And grow my business. And so like when you, I don't know, it just feels so much better in your body and mind when you can think of it more as like a service rather than a business profiting. Right. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. I, I was thinking about like the word expectations and whenever you have expectations of anyone or anything, you're going to be disappointed, right? Mm -hmm. Like whenever you expect something, there's this, you're always, I don't know, for me anyway, you're always going to be disappointed in some, like sometimes you could be pleasantly surprised, but I think that happens more often when you have zero expectations and you're not expecting something and then something good happens, you could be like, oh, wow, something good happened. Because when you have expectations, you're sort of setting yourself up for failure a little bit or for feeling disappointed, which can feel like failure. I mean, they're both not good feelings to go through, right? And I think maybe you've experienced that a little bit, like kind of expecting that you would build this you know, uh, full-time business while you were, you know, homeschooling and doing all of these other things and like balancing your life with it, you know, you set your expectations for yourself so high and then you kind of, you know, I mean, I don't want to say you crashed. I did. I crashed and burned. In I didn't want to. I didn't, I, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to assume that you did. No, right? I did. Like, I know when we were talking last year, you were like, this is it. I'm going into this full time. I'm building this big business. And this is, this is it. I'm just going to be running my empire. But like, you were also homeschooling and dealing with a lot of other household issues. I mean, you got a puppy. I mean, you got a lot of interesting new things in the mix and life is always changing and growing and evolving. And I think just having that expectation of like, oh, I'm going to build this million dollar business and that's that. I mean, it's, it's, you set yourself up to being a little disappointed. I think not you I'm saying I've seen this with other people and I too have made this mistake in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's exciting, you know, like these grand goals and expectations and, you know, this did make me think about being a teacher and like the expectations that we have of our students, you know, like we expect our students to put their phones away and turn them off and pay attention to us. And I mean, teachers have a lot of expectations of students and it can cause so much stress in a teacher's life. And I think that if we realize that, hey, these are kids living in a time that is just completely unprecedented in terms of technology, you know, and like, chat GPT and like everyone's stressing out about cheating and, and like laziness and apathy. And I, I see this so much in Facebook groups about kids and them not meeting our expectations and they're just horrible. And it's just like, why, <laughs> how is that like mindset helpful? Yeah, man, we could have another episode about this because <laughs> I, I kind of have this, I like, this is a current problem in like my real teaching career right now is I feel like I am very easygoing and I kind of like with kids, I'm very easygoing and I'm not just like on top of their behavior all the time. Sometimes it kind of bites me in the butt because if I have a classroom that is going to take advantage of that, like they can turn it into a real nasty place really quickly. 
Um, but a lot of times I just don't see the point on jumping over every little thing. The other teachers are just like, you know, like they want to control like the whole child and every movement they make, everything they say, everything they do must be perfect. Like they want little robots in their classroom. And I have a really hard time dealing with that. I just feel like the path of least resistance is the best path, right? Like, you know, like not having so many barriers and rules but like I said for me personally it is hard to balance sometimes because kids can take advantage of it really quick um and then other times it's just adults disagreeing with me that they do not agree like my assistant is uh of the next generation right like it's kind of funny I'm saying that with <laughs> Star Trek background but she is of like she's 20 years older than me. And for her, you know, seeing these kids in school, like I, you know what, if I'm talking and they just start wandering around the room, I don't stop my lecture and just start yelling at them to sit down, sit down, you know, and that's, you know, like, that's a little bit, I think more of her perspective is like, you know, you should be sitting there quiet, paying attention to the teacher and any other behavior is unacceptable. And um, so I just, I do, I do believe that it's my expectations. My expectations, if they're too strict and too firm, I'm going to isolate and confuse and upset people that don't fit into my little box. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. And you sound, we, I, we've talked about this so many times. Like if we taught in the same building that we would be like teacher besties. Yeah, we'd probably that, be teacher besties. Well, that I, I don't, I really don't like jumping all over kids for every little thing. Me I just either. let them be it. I let them go to the bathroom whenever they want. People hate that about me. me too. Like, Sorry. Like if you got to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. It doesn't bother me. Like it's not impeding on my freedoms. Like if it's not like it's, if it's not doing something that hurts other people, I say, why not go do it? But like, people are just so weird. Like they don't see that. They think it's just horrible of me to do that. But I feel like the more, the more rules we have, the more that could be broken. Right. And like, we're setting people up for failure by having all these broken rules around us. So I just don't have a lot. And anyway, it kind of, it did remind me of this whole expectation thing, you know, like if you have these expectations constantly of your students, of yourself, of your business, you're just constantly living in a world you're disappointed in because like, I mean, who wants to live in a world they're disappointed with all the time? Leave your expectations at the door. Oh my gosh. You are my, my guru now. <laughs> My expectations guru. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I was just thinking about some expectations I set up for myself today that I might not meet and get all mad at myself tonight about it. Leave them, um, leave them at the door. Just leave them alone. Yeah. It's about expectations. I mean, you're placing them on yourself and other people. And I mean, just, I don't know. That's well, why I, I don't really have any expectations. I'm just like, go with the flow. Whatever happens, happens. But also like just focusing on just taking care of yourself and being kind. Like if you just, because I do think like sometimes you want to meet certain goals, right? In terms of like financially or, and, and so you do have to do some things, you know? And so it's all about balance. I'm a Libra. So it's all about balance, you know? I always like, get along with Libras. What are you? Gemini. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to go read about Gemini's after this. We better go. I think it's this episode good. it's not the best to read about Gemini's, but go ahead and do it. I will. All right. All right. I think that was a fun episode. And I guess until wait, next time. Oh, but did wait. I win? Did you win? Yes. You, you changed my mind on a lot of these things and you want, you, you made it uh copyright seem a little more clear to me because I, I just, I wasn't exactly certain on everything that it included and you made it really clear. That's why you're a good teacher. Oh, you are too. Thank you. Okay. Toodles. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this extremely serious episode brought to you by some truly wacky teacherpreneurs. Visit our website, wackyteacherpreneurs.com to get more support growing your business. Please leave us a five-star review. And remember, if you share this podcast with 10 other people, you'll have good luck forever.